Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live. Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry. We're going to talk about John Kasich right now. You remember him? He ran for president. That didn't work out. He was a Republican. That may not have worked out for him either. Because now, he has been announced, he will be, just next week during the Democratic National uh, Convention, he will be uh, participating as a speaker in support of presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden. Yeah. No, 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 I don't need to fact check that. That's accurate. John Kasich will be speaking at the DNC convention, quote, because he believes that America needs to go in a different direction. I'm reading from his Twitter right now. He says, I've searched my conscience, and I believe the best way forward is for change, to bring unity where there has been division, and to bring about a healing in America. He explained his views on CNN just yesterday. He spoke at length. Uh, with uh, the the talking head there, they went back and forth. But uh, before, and I want to share those, want to share those uh, thoughts with you. But before uh, we get to uh, what John Kasich had to say, let me just uh, evaluate this a little bit. Uh, when I heard, and it was just this morning, I learned this that Kasich would be speaking uh, at the DNC convention. Obviously, the first question is why? Why? Is there a real strategy? Or are there ideals driving Governor Kasich? Or is this some flailing effort at relevance? He's, he's 68 years old. He still has a good deal of fight left in him. There is much he can still accomplish. He also knows that there's no future for him in the Trump administration. There are no cabinet positions for a John Kasich in the Trump White House. But, but, could there be a home for him in a Biden administration, could John Kasich, for uh, whatever reason, could he, could this be a job application? Does John Kasich believe that Joe Biden will, in fact, secure the presidency and in turn need to make some decisions about the formation of his cabinet and look to John Kasich as someone, someone of the other party? Now, that is not without precedent. It's not without precedent at all. In fact, uh, Barack Obama uh, had himself a, a, a number of Republicans in his cabinet. In fact, the Secretary of Veterans Affairs, Robert McDonald, a Republican. Robert Gates, uh, for a time during the Obama administration, served as Secretary of Defense. Ray LaHood, a Republican, Secretary of Transportation. If you go back even further, George W. Bush had a Democrat serve as his Secretary of Transportation. Number of ambassadors of opposing parties. Bill Clinton, for about four years, had William Cohen, a Republican, serve as Secretary of Defense. George H.W. Bush had a Democrat, Secretary of Education. 
And the list goes on. And so there is good reason. There is good reason to think that maybe this is a play for uh, a cabinet position should the opportunity arise. And that opportunity would, of course, be uh, a Biden victory in November. Okay, now now to the words of Kasich himself. He, uh, while speaking on CNN, uh, the former Ohio Republican governor says that he'll be speaking at the convention and says that the decision was a matter of conscience. I had to search my conscience when the Democrats asked me to speak. I had to think about it. And I believe we need a new direction. We just can't keep going the way that we're going because I know historically, I served in the Congress, I was governor. What I've known is that when people work together, remarkable and good things can happen. But when we constantly are divided, when we can't work together, you know, we can see what's happening when we look at Washington even today. Kasich, as you know, uh, as I mentioned, once a presidential candidate himself said the country uh, needs someone in charge that could unite people. I believe that Biden can bring us together. I'm going to disagree with Joe on things, and they expected that when I when they asked me to do this. I said, yeah, there's things I'm going to disagree with Biden on. There's things I'm concerned about. But at the end of the day, I think he's a man of faith. I think he's a man. Uh, look, his history has been an ability to bring people together. You heard there uh, just a, a quick little passing thought shared by Kasich that he was asked th- th- that his participation in the DNC convention was solicited. You wonder, you wonder if there are others who'd been asked. Now, I don't want to speculate right now, but there, there are those, even a Utah or two. I might wonder, I might wonder if the folks running the show on the DNC side of things, uh, if they've asked. Uh, and what the response was, was, and what the conversation was. I'm going to put in some calls and see if, uh, see if there's something worth finding. I won't speculate here, but maybe you've already done a little bit of speculating. Any Utahns you know uh, may be on the receiving end of an invitation by the Democrats to speak at their convention? I don't know. Well, Kasich, as he uh, has made the decision, in fact, to speak at the DNC convention, he continued his rationale, acknowledging that his decision to speak at the DNC could result in being blackballed from the party, the Republican Party. Leaders walk a lonely road. And if you're not prepared to walk a lonely road and do the things that your conscience tells you to do, then how do you think about yourself when you look in the mirror? I mean, I'm comfortable with the decisions I make. Of course there's blowback. You know, Republicans are critical. Some are are praising me. Democrats are debating themselves. Should he be able to do this? Well, I don't know. When you see someone take action like this, the best way to approach it, in my humble opinion, is to look at it in terms of what they have to gain and what they have to lose. Uh, Kasich, you know, he's retired. He's doing all right. He's a contributor on CNN. That carries with it a paycheck. Uh, He's done all right for himself professionally throughout his life. So in terms of the material, he's all set. You know, it's not like he's uh, running for future office, you don't think? I don't know. Maybe he will, but it's not likely. He's attempted that. Office beyond governor of Ohio, he wasn't able to achieve. So not much left to lose. What does he have to gain? Well, that cabinet position would be pretty sweet, huh? And this might be a play for that. Final word we'll give to Kasich. He said this about being a Republican. Uh, He said it's about supporting what he believes is right, not about towing a party line. I'm a Republican, but the Republican Party has always been my vehicle, but never my master. My vehicle, but never my master. Quick break. When we return, we'll be speaking with ABC News correspondent Adam Kelsey. 
he uh, will share with us the long list of those uh, who have been announced to speak at the Democratic National Convention, some of the strategy, uh, some of the planning going on there, all in addition to John Kasich. That's coming up next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Next week, the Democratic National Convention kicks off. It'll run from Monday to Thursday. It is where uh, presumptive nominee Joe Biden will officially accept his party's nomination. It is also where a long laundry list of individuals uh, from all parts of the ideological spectrum within the Democratic Party and without. You heard uh, we just had a fairly lengthy conversation about uh, John Kasich, a Republican. Well, that list uh, has been released. The schedule for events uh, has been made known. A lot of names. And, of course, as we get lists like this, and we still have the lingering question of who might Joe Biden select as his vice presidential candidate, running mate, what can we glean uh, from the information that has been revealed thus far? To help us understand what we now know is Adam Kelsey, ABC News correspondent uh, in Washington. Adam, thank you for uh, joining us today. Uh, what's the big news to come from the, the release of this information? Well, thanks for having me, Lee. And I, I think you mentioned it when we first saw this list this morning. Everyone was kind of trying to read the tea leaves and see uh, which names were left off and could possibly be filling the slot that's going to be next Wednesday night when the eventual vice presidential nominee is speaking. Uh, a name that is not currently on the list is uh, former National Security Advisor Susan Rice, who's obviously being vetted by Joe Biden to be his potential running mate. Uh, but we've been told by the Biden campaign and by the DNC that just because the name isn't on this list doesn't mean that person uh, is going to end up being the vice presidential nominee. Doesn't mean that they might not be speaking at some other point uh, during this convention. And, and as we kind of scan this list, we do see some of the other names that Joe Biden is said to be considering as well. You know, people like Senators Kamala Harris and Tammy Duckworth, Elizabeth Warren, uh, New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham is going to be speaking, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. So, you know, these are all people who are being vetted by Joe Biden. Uh, just because they're on this schedule right now doesn't mean that they might not swap those spots around, which is actually what happened back in 2016, when Virginia Senator Tim Kaine was scheduled to speak, uh, he ended up moving a couple nights after he was named uh, Hillary Clinton's running mate. Um, but you also, you know, alluded to it a moment ago. You know, a wide range uh, of figures from this Democratic Party. Everybody from the left side of the party, like Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. I mentioned Elizabeth Warren as well. Uh, to folks who kind of occupy the political center, someone like Pete Buttigieg, who had a relatively successful presidential run, um, and you alluded to, you know, the former Republican governor of Ohio, John Kasich, who's be making a, certainly a different kind of case uh, at the Democratic National Convention. And I think overall, you know, the thing to kind of keep in mind here is that you know, this is going to be a very different convention. These are either going to be pre-recorded speeches or these are going to be live streams uh, coming from remote locations. There are going to be very few people up there in Milwaukee, uh, certainly not the tens of thousands of people who would be expected under non-pandemic conditions. So overall, you know, a really interesting uh, couple of days to keep our eye on next week. And then, you know, maybe by the end of the night tonight, we're going to know, uh, as I mentioned, who's going to be occupying that vice presidential spot speaking next Wednesday night. Is it, is it possible in your estimation for that announcement to be held until next Wednesday night? 
I would be really surprised, you know, if Joe Biden and his campaign held on to it uh, that long. Uh, we are starting to hear that Joe Biden has made a final announcement and he's started to inform his senior advisors about who that will be. Um, you know, just given how difficult that I think it is to keep secrets in Washington, you know, I, I'd be surprised if this ends up being dragged out beyond tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, we've heard from the campaign it could be as early as this afternoon or this evening when Joe Biden makes that announcement. Uh, but right now, I think all speculation is starting to focus on, on two people in particular. That's California Senator Kamala Harris, uh, who for a long time has been one of the front runners in this race to be Biden's VP, uh, and Susan Rice, who I mentioned, the former national security advisor and ambassador to the U.N. under President Barack Obama. Those are kind of the two names who have floated to the top here. Uh, and of course, both of those uh, people, African-American women, uh, and there's been some pressure on Joe Biden, certainly since uh, the death of George Floyd, uh, you know, a, a few months ago, uh, to, to name a person of color to his ticket. Uh, and then both Kamala Harris and Susan Rice would, would check that box. As you first got your hands on this list of uh, speakers, were there names uh, beyond John Kasich, of course, were, were there names that, that surprised you? Were, were you surprised to see AOC uh, on the list? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned AOC because she is a name uh, that, that stuck out. Obviously, she's become an extremely popular figure uh, in New York City and amongst the you know progressive left within the Democratic Party. Uh, but she's somebody who the National Party hasn't quite yet embraced. You know, she she holds some views on, on Medicare for all, on a Green New Deal uh, that are not yet party orthodoxy. In fact, uh, you know, the DNC and kind of crafting its platform for the November elections uh, intentionally left those things off of its platform. So it'll be interesting to see see uh, what AOC says during her time on stage. I, I would not expect her to shy away uh, from some of those conflicts and, and to maybe explain why she believes uh, the Democratic Party is wrong in some of its platform positions. Uh, and I think we're going to hear a lot of the same from Bernie Sanders. Uh, you know, he's been embraced by Joe Biden's campaign. Uh, you know, he, he set up some task forces with Joe Biden to kind of find middle ground uh, between the progressives and the moderates. Uh, you know, they've, they've compromised on some of their issues. Uh, but Sanders is definitely still going to going to make the case for universal health care, for Medicare for all. It, it'll be interesting to, to see him speak at this length uh, on an issue that the Democratic Party, as I mentioned, hasn't yet come around to. Adam Kelsey, ABC News correspondent. Uh, excellent stuff. Thank you so much. Uh, and I'm sure, sure we'll be touching base uh, as we move into the convention of next week, uh, maybe even tomorrow after we, uh, fingers crossed, have an announcement. Thanks again. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me. All righty. So there you have it. There is a pretty detailed and broken down look at what is coming next week. Now, what can we extract from this? Uh, You heard Adam there talking about two of the names which don't uh, appear on this list, that uh, of of Susan Rice, um, as well as former Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams. They are two names which occupied positions in the list of maybes, of maybes, when it comes to the decision to be made uh, by Joe Biden. Uh, Two names uh, that are on the list. Uh, You see uh, California Senator Kamala Harris. She is scheduled to speak next Thursday, uh, as well uh, as, uh, in in addition to her, you, you saw... Uh, On the list as well, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren uh, on the list. Uh, Two names which have been uh, considered, uh, at least in terms of uh, our popular understanding. So we'll see what comes of this. One point that I would make is, is anybody actually going to watch this? You know, 
we're living in different times now. These uh, these speeches will not be delivered in the fashion that we have become accustomed to seeing every four years. This is not going to be in a giant convention center with tens of thousands of delegates standing underneath their uh, state signs uh, cheering for the speakers. No, this will likely be uh, pretty much a glorified Zoom call, right? There will be some uh, live speeches delivered, but many will be phoned in. You know, get some uh, YouTube links probably, and they'll cobble those together in some sort of a television presentation. Uh, but the energy, uh, the spirit and the energy will be absent. And I, uh, I've had occasion to attend many of these conventions, both on the Republican and the Democratic side. And that energy is real, both as you experience it there in person and as you watch it uh, on television. Now, I know we should be uh, responding and reacting ourselves uh, to the things that are said, and so the cheers and the hoots and hollers of those in attendance uh, shouldn't steer or guide our responses. But they do, you know? Just calling it like it is. Uh, sometimes uh, when you watch, say, uh, one of the sitcoms from the mid-'90s and they had the laugh tracks, it does make it a more enjoyable and memorable experience. <laughs> those laugh tracks, those silly laugh tracks. And it's such a, a jarring and an odd experience when you maybe on YouTube somewhere you find an old episode of Friends or Seinfeld where they have uh, removed the laugh track. Yeah. That's kind of the experience uh, that will take place next week. It will be a wholly different uh, experience. And I wonder, I wonder if... Uh, the four days of speeches and the four days of uh, conventioneering next week will uh, will be uh, in an effort to bring people in or if there will be much preaching to the choir. We'll find out. I'll be watching. Will you? 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. If you'd like to shoot me a note on any of your thoughts uh, that we have discussed here on the program, all those individuals speaking in particular, former Ohio governor, Republican John Kasich. What do you think? 57500. Quick break. When we return, oh, you're going to love this. We're talking about conspiracies next on KSL News Radio.